Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of season two, Sink or Be Sunk. I am your host, Helicopter Rescue, and my co-host is Doomlock. Hello, everybody. For today's episode, we will be discussing two important and upcoming things. They are competitive stuff. Uh, one is King of the Seas. Uh, tournaments are happening both on NA and EU, RU, and Asia. So all servers are having player-run competitive events at Tier 10 um, based off of the King of the Seas model. So we'll be talking, we'll be touching up on that. We'll also be touching up on the rank season and, you know, general things, you know, the tier eight aspect, the tier 10 aspect, um, what we think we might see and what our experiences has been in ranked and how we can translate that and maybe how you can translate that too. Um, of, of course, obviously, we have some interesting ships coming up um that are gonna be on sale and are currently on sale um but before we delve into any of that i would like to introduce our guests uh we have um quadrillas here uh who is the stream coordinator for king of the seas supremacy the na side and we also have his friend and clanmate, uh, Aloop, who is a longtime competitive player. Um, I think he, he plays a lot of different types of ships in competitive cruisers, destroyers. Uh, I've seen him play a variety of ships, so he's well-versed in his classes. Um, do you guys have anything to say? Or... Hello, and thanks for having us on your show, I guess. Basically what Quad said. Also, hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you guys know, or some people may not know, I am a head referee for uh, King, King of the Seas Supremacy on NA. I'm also an adjudicator for um, uh, King of the Seas EU. So I, I've been with... Uh, you know, I've been just kind of a staff, you know, kind of behind the scenes person for a couple of seasons now. And uh, I've, I mean, I've seen competitive change, you know, drastically um, last couple of months. Uh, Quadrillus is the stream coordinator for NA, and he's also an official streamer for EU. So he holds a staff position there too. So, yeah, so I've been a. Uh... I think I've been in front of the screen. Yeah, there you go. He's been, you know, in front of the screen, um, working with other streamers, working with uh, um, wargaming. I'm more of a, you know, dispute handler, you know, um, making sure scores and everything are correct. And uh, we each have our own perspective. And we see, you know, King of the Seas um, differently. And obviously, we see the differences between the servers. Despite you know working with each server, a lot of the players on Supremacy League, previous Supremacy League, and now King of the Seas Supremacy, they have noticed that the EU staff, um, you know, gives better rewards. Uh, you know, cares about the competitive community a lot more, and you know, it's been over a long period of time and recently we've had some staff changes we've had you know the head wargaming and a headquarters have moved and a lot of people are wondering is wargaming na gonna be as supportive or even better than wargaming eu is to their competitive community well i was I, I would say the servers are working more closely than in the past, and uh, we're beginning to see a little collaboration from the North American and European offices. 
uh, in working to promoting international competition. Uh, I, I would agree that the NA has been a bit behind, but uh, yeah. I, I think you look at the server population and you look at how many people are interested in competitive. Um, there's a lot of people who prefer to watch rather than play. So the question is, uh, has always been how much return does Wargaming get out of supporting competitive? Because I, I know it's a lot of work for them to spend time out of their normal uh, job. Because I don't think, mm-hmm. as far as I know, they don't have anybody dedicated to just doing competitive in North America. So it's a lot of time out of their day to do this as an aside. No, of course. I mean, you, you do have a very good point. And the competitive community is split. Um, a lot of them agree with you. And some of them are on the other side of the fence too and say, okay, we also spend a lot of time, you know, practicing, um, you know, uh, uh, trying out strategies, trying out, you know, um, putting so much time, trying to get people together. Um, they felt like they haven't, you know, they they don't receive enough, you know, for their time. Or, you know, maybe that's not the correct way to say it, but more of, you know, it's not rewarding enough um to play competitively yeah but we can't really expect it to be i mean we've we've seen what the rewards have been over the past few seasons and then that one time we were self-supporting and it's you can't expect such a large global company to be able to put up a lot of rewards for something that they aren't even directly running themselves mm-hmm. i mean I, I in the end i feel like the main reward is bragging rights and the doubloons are just you know, to compensate you for the amount of time you put in early and respecking and stuff. I'm I'm of the opinion that people will people when the option is available, people will want to compete against other people. Whenever we form teams and clans like this, we're gonna to want to prove that we're better than someone else. It happens inevitably. I think that people will want to compete. I think we would be doing this perhaps not on such a large scale, and certainly not across servers, but when the options present in especially in online gaming people will compete against each other there will always be "Ah, we're better than you uh people who do this just for the rush of being the best and beating the best and you i mean you guys are absolutely right you know a lot of um people do it not only for the bragging rights but um you know they kind of a little bit look forward to the camos um you know the the flag and stuff like that uh, for those who don't know uh quad previously referred uh what he was saying the self-run um a couple of seasons ago we had supremacy league not get you know um some funding from wargaming na and uh they have actually crowdsourced the rewards for the players and uh, they did about, I think, our two thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and uh, they were able to distribute prizes from that pool that was crowdsourced. So, I mean, both aspect work, and you know, there's bragging rights, and there's also you know the cool flags and the cool camos, like you guys have said. The last king of the seas, we wear NA versus. EU, we saw that, you know, NA was willing to, Wargaming NA was willing to work a little bit closer with the community, um, the competitive community. Uh, We saw the flag being given out to the number one NA um, winners uh, for King of the Seas. And not only that, we saw some, you know, not bad uh, prizes up there. The this trend continues this season where we see an official announcement again on the um webpage uh worldofworships.com. We also see you know some really cool prizes too. So the question is are we gonna see this trend continue? I I would say yes, like 
even when we were on our own for Supremacy League, we did get prizes for a little while. And I feel like as King of the Sea Supremacy grows on the NA server, and as we continue to fight other servers, people are going to take notice. They're going to, as we, you know, promote. We have some place to start from. We can only go up. We can only expand our audience. And, you know, the North American server is a pretty big audience. So just as more and more people find out, I think we'll have more teams interested. We'll probably be able to grow to where the EU is today. And I think there's no reason why NA, the Wargaming NA would not try to support that. Because in the long run, it you know, also helps promote their own server's players. Because you know, people want to be the best. People want to say, oh, we went and fought the Europeans. We fought and fought the Asians. And uh, they want to be able to say that they can do that and that they've maybe won. We'll have to, we'll have to see how that turns out. But uh, yeah, I think Wargaming will definitely keep supporting us. Okay, I, I think I agree with you. Um, I mean, uh, Radar X, uh, who's the new um, senior community manager, uh, he has shown you know the willingness to do. As a you know, as a matter of fact, um, this uh, season of King of the Sea Supremacy, the finals will be streamed from Wargaming NA headquarters by Sea Raptor and no zoop for you. So they'll be uh, going down there to the office and streaming from there. I know a lot of uh, NA players and a lot of you know DNA viewers were like, hey, uh, why did uh, Wargaming EU, you know, we didn't get any representation over there. We didn't send any streamers over there. <laughs> so now we'll actually be able to get some of our own streamers down to the office in, uh, in Texas. We, we've also, you know, the meta has shifted. You know, now we see Tier 10 being the competitive meta. You know, Clan Battles is Tier 10. King of the Seas is now Tier 10. Used, Supremacy League and King of the Seas used to be Tier 8. But last season, despite, you know, being Tier 10, we saw and a record-breaking amount of teams register for um, King of the Seas slash uh, Supremacy League, despite, you know, being Tier 10 now, or, you know, changing from Tier 8 to Tier 10. I believe it was 47 teams that signed up. You've got a pretty decent amount. And I would say, as to Tier 10 being competitive, I think that was where we were heading in the long run. I mean, if you think about Tier 10 compared to Tier 8, there are no premiums yet because Stalingrad and hasn't come out. And tier eight is not really most of the time you get up tiered at tier eight. So tier ten is probably the most balanced. You don't have to worry about how it can compare to ships above it. You only have to look at how it compares to ships below it. So they can really work on the inner tier balancing. Mm-hmm. And I mean if we already have our tier ten captains and setups for Clan battles, it's a lot easier for teams to, you know, respect a little bit for King of the Sea than it is to make a whole new build and a whole new ship for Tier 8. Oh no, that's why they built um, the new Destroyer for ranked, so they can mess up all the ranked um, meta stuff. <laughs> that's the meta ranked. That's meta. the meta everyone's worried about. Not random meta. I don't know. <laughs> No more battleships uh, in, in. Oh no! There will definitely be battleships. There's gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm thinking there's gonna be like four, four battleships, two cruisers, one deed. I'm just gonna be in my zone. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Before we jump into rank, real quick, um, I know Dumak is involved in the community. You know, other than competitive. I am. <laughs> You didn't let me finish. Yeah, not right. the competitive community. Yes, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the, the non-competitive, uh, communicative community. Is that a, <laughs> that, I suppose that'll work. Communicative community. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could. Yeah, I, 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 we'll make a new category there. Um, you like you're like the uh, you just like to watch us fight for your own amusement. <laughs> Maybe no. <laughs> Doom Doomlock would be, you know, you know, competitive viewer, you know, he'd be the viewer. <laughs> uh, I mean, I usually 
I'm not much of a stream watcher a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Most of the time, it's just times I forget that they even exist half the time. Not that I uh, know that they... I just forget that they're on, don't go to watch it or anything. Except when it's around E3 time and I, then I'm watching all the stuff from that. The uh, Mostly my niche of uh, community involvement has been uh, been with like Discord servers, with the forums, the wiki... That's what I'm mm-hmm. usually been around, and that's where usually um, around. That's where you usually find me is on those places, and and, and that's that's something that's an interesting topic to talk about too. Is is people who watch the competitive streams? If I can expand on that a little, uh, and no offense to Quad certainly, and no offense to either Zoop or C Raptor who are going to try and do their best, but. It can be very tough to stream a competitive World of Warships match and make it interesting because it's a very, at times, it can be a very slow-paced game. There's a lot of waiting, 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 five seconds of panic, waiting, 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 something happens, and then that's it. Oh god, what season Supremacy season five, it was just and there's a smoke cloud, and there's a smoke cloud. And look at all these smoke clouds. Well, with with the smoke changes, there's a lot less of that. You'll still see Thank some though you'll still see some cruisers, like uh, maybe a Minotaur or a Des Moines, most often sitting in a smoke cloud firing their guns, but no more battleships just camped out in smoke because the smoke changes were fantastic, frankly, for competitive really shook things up, really made things interesting. But what, I, what I'm thinking more about is uh, when we see a stream, the streamer is talking about what people are doing, talking about what the people are doing, and then there's just instant action, like a, a destroyer is spotted by airplanes for five seconds and the entire other team shoots at it, and then the destroyer disappears. And if you're not expecting that, if you're not ready for that, then you don't see it on stream. So uh, quad... We keep him pretty up to date on what's happening in the competitive world, and he's practiced with us a fair bit. So he knows, uh, and he has the experience streaming competitive to know that, oh, this is probably about to happen, and I can put my camera here, and I can be ready for it. But it can be tough for people who don't really follow the competitive aspect of the game to stream competitive. So uh, a lot of popular streamers who don't play competitive will have a tough time knowing when something's about to happen. Uh, I mean, I, I know Raptor has played competitively in the past. Uh, I'm not sure about Zoop's competitive history, uh, but there's five seconds of action, and then there's a lot of maneuvering, and then there's five seconds of action and a lot of maneuvering, and it can be tough to know where that five seconds of action is going to happen, uh, often at times, even for the people who are playing. So to make a stream interesting and to carry a, a uh, show for that long without uh, much experience can be a tough thing to do. So I wish them the best of luck. Not much is happening. So as a commentator, sometimes you have to spend less of your time extrapping because I mean, people can see what's going on, but from a competitive stand or background, a lot of the time I see, I have to focus more on what teams could do or what teams need to do or why, why they aren't doing certain things just because that's a lot less visible. Because, you know, it's more, it's more around coordination, whether you got to time your push to give the enemy less time to counter it, so you want to wait maybe towards the end of the game, or maybe, you know, you, you're kind of worried about where you're going to end up or how much HP you have. There's a lot of other considerations that go in. So I think if streamers look at those aspects, aside from just what's on screen, there's there's some stuff we can fill the airwaves with. And I agree with a loop because um, that's one of my, you know, I'm a referee slash adjudicator. So if I'm not dealing with things at that moment, you know, if I'm not dealing with a team, if I'm not dealing with a player, if I, you know, if I'm not doing something at that moment, um, I'm on standby to make sure something doesn't go wrong. Um, you know, things get solved, problems happen, you know, um, it, it gets taken care of on a timely manner. Um, but if nothing's going on, I, you know, I'm watching streams. 
I'm seeing how the teams are doing. I'm seeing what's going on. And that's one of my biggest gripes with streamers. It's um, they're, you know, I want them to focus where the action is happening. I want them to anticipate what's going to happen. You know, that uh, that five to 10 second action that's going to happen. Um, and, you know, not having uh, a lot of competitive experience, I think in my opinion, not having a lot of competitive experience or not having previous competitive experience. Um, well, it can be tough to give uh, a strategic view of the battle. Correct. Now, there, there are streamers who are great entertainers who will be entertaining and funny and witty no matter what they're streaming. Uh, but there's also streamers who have experience with the, the play style, with the way the teams are going to work. Uh, so, if you can do both, terrific. If you can do one, hopefully they play to their strengths and give us a great show. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, we Flamu is a has previous competitive experience. Iso um, Flambass, Sea um, Raptor, Quad. I mean, I Kami. Like you know, these are you know. The list is, I could go on and on and on, you know, just because I don't include somebody doesn't mean that they don't, don't fall in this category. But, you know, you know, ha- these guys are, you know, guys that will be able to spot the action and anticipate. And like you said, war- warships, you know, it's especially at higher competitive tiers. It's if something, you know, big is happening for a long period of time, something is wrong. You know what I mean? Like, your team kind of messed up, you know, your, you know, your strategies and, you know, working out usually when, when there's a lot of movement and when there's like, basically when unexpected things are happening, it's not going so well for the team in worship. Um, so a lot of people say it's boring, um, you know, like a loop touched on it. Smoke, this change, smoke change has helped a lot. Um, with that and uh, I think I can I think I see streamers getting better at this as you know more teams get involved in competitive I think uh, uh, I see um, streamers finding better ways Um, I know uh, um, quad works with streamers to get them some cool graphics and some cool overlays and stuff as a stream coordinator, I, you know, I see, you know, quad working really, really hard to make sure, you know, the stream is looking pretty nice and stuff like that. Try to just attract as much people and, you know, keep people there. Yeah, if we want to, if we want people to take us seriously, we have to look like we're professional streamers. If the quality is there, it makes it easier for the flow of information and it gives streamers something to fall back on if they need to point to something. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Plus, having the uh, the good presets means less work overall. A little bit of prep is worth uh, a whole lot of effort uh, the day of. Yeah, no, I mean, you always, uh, during, uh, when, when Flamu is streaming competitive, you always hear, I wish I had an assistant. <laughs> yeah. Because it can be tough sometimes. Yeah, season, Supremacy League Season 5, it was more... I had stream- it was more open. I had streamers modify the overlays themselves and add the text and, and team stuff, and that just didn't. I thought that was too much to put on them for a, a five to ten minute intermission while they also still have to talk about the maps and upcoming lineups and stuff. So, last season of King of the Sea, I went and pre-did most of the overlays. All the team names were there. The the scores were a separate overlay so that they could just tick a box between games, and that's all the prep work they needed to do. And I think. That made things go a lot easier. Sea Raptors, like, yeah, this gives me a lot more time to focus on the game than the, the presentation. And I think we're going to keep doing things like that. To wrap up this, uh, the King of Seas aspect, um, I want to ask, as you know, as kind of a viewer slash um, on the outside of uh, competitive Doomlock, we had touched on a couple of things here. One, um, do you think? the Wargaming and his office can find a balance between, or how well do you think they can find a balance between investing enough time, investing enough rewards uh, to grow and encourage 
the competitive uh, uh, community uh, versus looking at the return aspect of it and saying, is it worth the time to do that? And two, what do you think, you know, in, in situations where, you know, games like this, you know, the 10 second, five second, you know, action kind of thing, um, as uh, I know you said, you're not, you, you don't watch a whole lot of Twitch and you don't watch a, a whole lot of uh, uh, competitive t- on when it's on, but do you think, is there anything that these streamers can do to you know kind of keep the people who don't necessarily play competitive but you know are interested in competitive keep their attention and keep them going well if i can interject i think one thing that worked well for season five that we haven't done recently was having the weekly recap videos i want to try doing that again i think i should have time but i mean hopefully the quality should have greatly improved i know what i'm doing now so that can help people who can't watch streams. They can just pull up like a four to five minute video. This is what happened last week. This is all the, these are all the highlights that you need to pay attention to. And uh, yeah. you know, there's a good summary of what's going on. Zath was doing some of those. He was taking some clips from his stream yep. and putting them up on his, U- on his channel. YouTube. Yep, yep. Well, to the first question, um, I, I, I remember them saying that they were going to do more investing into it and try to support it better than they were beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously they can put in as much energy as they want into it. Um, whether or not they will, I mean, obviously that's up to them. Um, if they're starting to get more and more teams sh- signing up, getting involved with it, as they put it, putting it on the main portal for one is a big thing. So that's already getting a lot of viewership. I'm betting it's also on the uh, the client um, login, so that's also popping up and being in players' faces saying, you know, hey, you got this coming up if you want to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the rewards rewards are always going to draw in a lot of people because you know who doesn't want to get stuff, and of course, competitive also has its own draws for plenty of people, provided that they keep advertising it, keep bringing it up, keep um, giving rewards. Hopefully, slowly improving those rewards too to keep the demand coming. Um, it should be all right, I th- think. Um, I'm not too well versed in that in, in that type of thinking and and stuff like that. But it, sh- I think, it would be able to continue on. As to the attention, uh, as to the like video streaming, watching, and everything. I mean, you people have to understand that. When it comes to Kings of the Sea Supremacy League, um, it's not the same as what WoW's randoms are, usually are. It's it it changes from whatever game you would want to describe World of Warships normally as to it's a strategy game. It literally becomes almost like turn-based strategy. You're all getting into your positions and you're waiting for that perfect opportune moment. Mm-hmm. to do x or do y you're waiting for the enemy to make that their that one mistake that you can capitalize on you're waiting for your cooldown of repairs to come back up you're waiting for hydro to come back up etc cetera, etc cetera. you're 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 playing the waiting game for those bits of action where where the games are decided it, it you're that's the point of it you're waiting it's the those those waiting periods while you're setting up for the few minutes of action that is how the games are won. Also, you know, all the individual player skill, of course. Highlight videos where, where the action begins or even one of those uh, slow times even sometimes are, would, are definitely a good thing. A lot of Lots of people enjoy those little highlights types of videos. I know I do like enjoy watching those types of things. So I would say definitely keep doing that. Obviously for the for the lulls in the action, uh, and I know they already do this, but commentators obviously are to you know fill the they're, they're kind of there also to fill the void of that like not only like talking about the in-game action and everything, but also their own little banter. Mm. Um, talking to each other 
and I know I've heard that many a time before. So it's basically there. There's a bit of viewer. The viewer has to understand what they're there. There's a bit of something they have to understand while they're watching the the stream that you know this type of thing is going to be happening. You just gotta understand that's what's going to happen and continue on with it. We want more people to, you know, watch. We want more people to play and, you know, you just got to pull them somehow, you know, and hopefully uh, we're seeing more Wargaming NA involvement. Um, that's good. That's good for everybody. That's good for the viewers. That's good for the teams who are playing. That's good, you know, for, you know, all aspects of it. Um, we're seeing, you know, a competitive, you know, meta kind of develop a little bit, you know, tier 10, um, you have one, you know, aspect of clan battles, which are, you know, just play for your, you know, your in-game rewards, your flags, um, it doesn't have a CV, and then you have this aspect, you know, this, uh, tourney, you know, this, uh, community-run event where there is a CV and, um, and you know it's there's just so many things you know if you want to get involved in competitive if you want to do competitive there's just so many things that you can do that's a great segue to our next segment where one of the personal competitive things that you can do is ranked um and we have season nine and it's interesting because we've had this before we have had it something like this before where we had uh, two, a, st- a tier step up from, you know, a tier step up within the ranks itself. I think before it was like tier 6 to tier 8. Yeah, before it was tier 6 to tier 8, and now it's... It was it was tier 5 to tier 8 at one point oh, as well. Five. Oh, Jesus. Well. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, was that the second or third season? I can't, I think it was the second season yeah, perhaps. They've experimented a lot. Well, it keeps things interesting, keeps things fresh. I mean, remember how we got tier six uh, team battles compared to all the other servers? Oh man, I think we finally settled on something nice. I like tier six. Uh, tier six ranked, uh, pretty balanced. Uh, a bit heavy on the battleship destroyer thing, but Cleveland and Budiani with IFHE did very well that season too. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Oh, and Perth. Interestingly enough, Perth was a very high win rate ship people who knew how to use it did pretty well craft spay also did pretty well herself if i remember having that heal this rank season uh season nine it's going to be tier eight from rank 23 to rank 11 yeah to rank 11 out of brain fart for a second and then it's going to be from from uh, rank 10 to rank 2, it's going to be tier 10. So a lot of people are obviously like, well, what's going on? You know, um, you know this is a big step, you know, uh, uh, you know, just including a lot of people and stuff like that. Think about it. You know, we've had two seasons of clan battles. Um, we have King of the Seas with tier 10. Um, you know, there a lot more players are now getting you know tier 10 the question is now that you have this uh, such a change yes last season from last season we know what you know what everybody's going to initially play if you played last season and you ranked out or even if you didn't rank out and you played you kind of know what to expect you kind of know what you know you're going to be playing uh, i know loop has been playing uh, ranked for a while uh, i think since since season one um, have you ranked out since season one, Aloop? Uh I started in what's technically called the second season. I didn't play in the pilot season. Uh, it was not, uh, in my defense, I don't think it was terribly well publicized at the time. and It was a uh, pretty low population that season. But yeah, I've ranked out in every season since season two onward. I think each of us here have played last season um where it was completely tier eight mm-hmm. um all the way up to rank two um you know can you guys go through it real quick like the ships that you guys used i played a tago they told me i was crazy for playing a tago 
And then at the end, they're like, well, why wouldn't you play Otago? So I don't know, man. I'm in agreement with you there. I think that's a bit of uh, revisionist history. There. Uh, no. I, I have always, I have always loved Otago for uh, mm-hmm. tier eight ranked. Otago is, st- is very strong, one of the better contenders for that mm-hmm. uh, tier, especially for ranked like that. It, it having that heal and the stealth in combination really helps her out in that field of mm-hmm. field of battle. I took her out, at, I think primarily. I didn't play too long last season, though, but I did play Otago in it. I uh, I went for a variety of things just uh, just to keep things interesting. Um, played very little Otago actually because I've played so much rank in that ship. <laughs> Mostly focused on Lo Yang uh, last season, but sprinkled in some Kutuzov, Alabama, Harakazi. Mm-hmm. You know, just for the just for the heck of it, a bit of Charles Martel. I forget. Uh, I might have also played an Akizuki game maybe once or twice. She was a good destroyer mm-hmm. contender too. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. No, the hard part is the points when you're going to have the most impact on the game is going to be later on. So survivability is a big deal. Which is why I think mm-hmm. this season, based off of when, might be trying out Prinzoigen a lot more. Um, generally speaking, we can kind of know, we can kind of tell um, how the tier eight section is going to be played what's going to be interesting is like quad mentioned earlier the prince eugen buff and the hipper buff so big i just no i can't wait to play the ship again prince Eugen with the heel is going to be very interesting oh you're not going to have the concealment of Anitago, but you have like better everything else what's what was the number for the hipper's reload buff i hipper's uh, Hipper was dropping to, if I remember, 11.5 second reload from okay. 13 seconds. Uh, I'll have that up, I think, here in a second. Yeah, just one moment. Uh, yeah. Hipper will drop, well, first get a faster rudder shift from uh, a base rudder shift down from 10.7 to 9.2 seconds, and the reload will go down to 11.5, both true for halts B and C. Prinzoigen, on the other hand, will receive obviously the repair party. That will differentiate them. And people are like, well, wouldn't you like to have better firepower? But one thing I noticed with my Atago and with my Zhao, just surviving longer means you'll do more in the long run. Like it doesn't like you you could just go and, and run and gun and do like a lot of damage real quickly, but it doesn't matter if you die real fast. But if you can, you can balance your engagements, and you know you don't necessarily need to shoot at the fastest rate possible. Just you pick your shots right, and you survive. You'll do a lot more in the long run. I've enjoyed my playing Prince Oik, and I'm apparently pretty pretty good with her. Surprisingly, I've got like only, I think at the moment I've only got about thirty battles, but I've got like an eighty-one percent win rating in it. Nice, like fifty k average damage in it. I think the other people are all just not shooting at me right, and I'm just managing to just survive by the skin of my teeth, really. <laughs> that's, that's basically how you have to do it. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, the Tier 10 aspect of it. Um, obviously, this is new. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not clan battles, so you, you're not going to be on voice with the seven other, the, you know, the six other people on your team. Uh, it's going to have CVs. <laughs> this is going to be very interesting, for sure. Um, I mean, um, we don't have any premiums. The yeah, the song ride isn't here yet, um, so we don't have any premiums at that tier. It's all going to be tech tree slash silver ships, as people as some people call it. Now... The question is, how well does random performance translate to great performance in ranked? Doesn't? Not particularly well, but strong ships will be strong ships. Okay. We've had a huge talk slash roundtable discussion on uh, Lord Zath's 
um, Twitch uh, when he had a session um, one day, and I'll be able to link that in the show notes. Um, but you know, we there's a lot of different mixed opinions. Um, but what is a strong ship? We know there are certain ships that are much better at things than others. Like for example, we know in randoms the conqueror is very good at damage farming not so great at the ability to win matches and carry teams um it does preserve hp very well um the three you know the 3d printer button the i win button the new ship button you know there's so many <laughs> names for it a whole new zao the literally a zao button a completely brand new Zao, yeah. And, and then we have, you know, Kabrasks, uh, uh, destroyers. We have Gearings, who are very, very good torpedoes. Um, we have Yu Yangs, who have the ability to mount radar. This is what makes ships strong. But you know, we obviously have certain ships that are better at it than the others. So, what do you, what do you guys think? I think uh, a player should play the ships mm-hmm. they're most comfortable with. Uh, you can rush out and pre-XP your way to a tier 10 that somebody recommends and have no idea how to play it. And no matter how good the ship is, it will, mm-hmm. it will bite you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a experienced player in a less perfect ship choice is better than someone who doesn't know what they're doing in the best ship. That would be my first rule. Um, so people will say, well, this ship's better and that ship's better and this ship's better. And yeah, sometimes they often are. Hindenburg is fantastic damage output, fantastic tank, a crazy hydro. It does all these things so well. But someone who's never played a German ship before uh, and has tons of games in their Des Moines would probably be better served playing a radar Des Moines, controlling the cap, hunting down destroyers and ruining their day than they would trying to get used to a Hindenburg just in time to start playing rank 10 and higher. And I, I, I like your specificity of radar Des Moines. God, what has Euro done to us? It's viable. Where we have to specify Radar Des Moines. <laughs> well, I have, I have seen clanmates even uh, forget which consumables they had mounted and uh, head out to play some clan battles with a spotter plane and <laughs> uh, fighter plane oh, on my. their Des Moines. That's... Don't worry, I never removed mine. So... <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, it's it's not inconceivable that people might accidentally or purposefully, I suppose, bring a non-radar Des Moines. But uh, again, that's not really playing the ship to its strength, is it? As Euro said, you know, it's his type of way of, you know, making an entertaining video. So some people will... I mean, there's nothing wrong with having some fun now and then. You just switch it up, have some fun. There's there's some things that Euro does that are actually potentially Plus. in the right hands viable, such as Radar Minotaur. If if you uh, if you play Radar Minotaur, uh, as soon as you get spotted, you pop a radar. You're guaranteed to see whatever's spotting you because its radar is longer range than its concealment, of course. So, I don't recommend it if you're not a experienced with it of course because that's a good way to get hurt but uh, <laughs> veteran minotaur players uh, can slap a radar on and just wreck a destroyer and then disappear and they've contributed everything they need to for that match basically you also have to remember that euro only shows us the times that it works <laughs> um i'm sure there's some moments well, where it doesn't and you know for for competitive stuff you want to be a lot more consistent with how you you operate, you don't want to leave things to chance if you can help it. Well, I, again, very small percentage of the population. If you don't, 
if you don't absolutely feel that that setup, don't try um, it. I don't recommend that. But uh, there are some people who have used it to great effect in clan battles, and uh, I would not be surprised if one of those, one or two of those crazy people tries it in high level ranked as well, just for the uh, shock factor. I mean, we can talk about the ships more in depth and say what we like, what we don't like, but I think I think there's going to be plenty of that from other people. Um, I mean, we talked on on Lord Zaz Switch. Uh, there, Fly Moo's going to be, you know, putting out a video, and if he hasn't already put out the video by the time the podcast is released, uh, a podcast episode is released. Uh, other, you know, reputable YouTubers are going to be doing that. Um, your favorite YouTuber, your favorite, you know, content creator, you know, your favorite Twitch streamer. Your, I just wanted to kind of lightly touch on and see, you know, what contributes to a strong ship in random and does it translate well into range it what's one thing that you need to focus more on is less doing damage overall and more doing damage at the right time staying alive staying alive to do that damage too so there's with only seven people you look like a much more attractive target when than compared to when there's 12 people so <laughs> uh sticking your sticking your nose out when there's only seven ships, uh, is a lot less likely to uh, go well for you when there's 12 ships. When there's 12 ships and there's somebody in front of you getting focused by the enemy team, you just open up and you start shooting without a care in the world. But when there's seven people and uh, everybody's waiting for someone to slip up and make a mistake, and you just know that as soon as you start shooting, they're looking at you. They're waiting for you to turn and show them the broadside. So, patience. Patience is uh, going to help you out. Plus, a lot in you got team play. Cap control is important, so you got to be able to know when you want to <laughs> fire off your guns to uh, push the enemy team away from your caps, or whether or not you want to attract fire to yourself away from another teammate who's you know close to dying or something. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, yeah. No, that's there. Are some times where you have to well, expose yourself in order to keep the game going towards your side well before we sit here for hours i just <laughs> want to wrap up here real quick and for this segment say that if you haven't played rank before try it like i mean it, it's a personal competitive thing it's not a team competitive thing it's it's fun it's salt inducing i'll be honest with you i've had my moments as everybody who's played ranked, Doomlock has never been rank one before. I want to challenge Doomlock to reach rank five. Not rank five. I'm certainly going to try. If he reaches rank five, I will give him any premium ship of his choice. I will gift him a premium ch- a ship of his oh, choice. Oh, yes. So. My witnesses here are Loop and Quad, and, and all the viewers, multiple, multiple hundreds of listeners slash viewers we have. So, can can I get that deal too? Stretch goals for rank one. <laughs> so, rank five this coming season, and you can pick any premium ship. Too. Alrighty then. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. He accepts, guys. So um, we'll see. We'll see how far he gets. I know he got. I know he played a bunch of games last season. We'll we'll, we'll chat. We'll chat later, Doom. Uh, oh I'll God! Hello, little boy. <laughs> no. You play your cards right. You can get to rank five in sixty games. Here, Doom. I'll help you block a loop here. Um, but uh, I don't want the episode to go on forever. So uh. We'll obviously talk about these things more in depth later. Um, ranks for 38 days. It's it's a game mode. You know, you just click rank to you pick the ship that you want to play and play, you know. Uh, and I want to go to our next segment. Um, tell me something I don't know. Uh, I think 
for next episode, we're going to try a new segment. Um, but let's uh, let's let's see uh, what these guys can come up with. So, as you guys know, um, the segment is you have one minute to go on the wiki and tell us something that's very interesting. Um, now that we have two guests, we will Doom and I will pick our favorites. And I mean, we'll, whatever is very interesting to us, whatever, um, if we don't know something or if something's new to us, um, just those kind of things. Something that's very, that'll be very interesting for sure. And you have one minute to search the wiki. Whenever you guys are ready, uh, let me know. Let's go. All right, go ahead. Let's go. Okay. Hold on. I have something I think. Let me see if I remember who I saw from a while. We came slightly forewarned because mm-hmm. we've, we've seen this segment before. May oh, have planned wow. ahead a little. Maybe I need to. Oh, I didn't. No, I, I found I found something. I was, I was thinking, I, I came across it when I was preparing for The Last King of the Sea, and I thought you might find it interesting. Um, okay, you ready for this? Wait, the timer isn't over. Oh, I got more time, but I've, I got what I needed. Uh, you've got, you've got music oh. to play right now. You want to play the geography <laughs> theme? I'm still looking. I'm still looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 frantically searching the wiki for something interesting to talk about. Oh, I, I got. Oh, woe is me. However, oh, shall I okay. make the time? Okay. okay, okay, maybe 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 our guests are getting better at anticipating our segments. <laughs> maybe we've seen maybe the show before. Know, maybe we're okay. prepared for your. Maybe I need to change up the segments now. Okay, I think. Uh, I okay, think that's what I'll do. Okay, it's kind of a spin a wheel or something. Doomlock, I think that's a good idea, right? Just co- come mm-hmm. up with a couple of different segments and then spin a wheel and then... I, I, I call dibs on being the showgirl who spins a wheel. Anyway, here. So. Alright, so t- t- minute, one minute is over. Quad. Map Sleeping Giant is new this season for clan battles. The thumbnail for that map has been around since August of 2016. Hmm. So, it's been in the works for like 18 months, and we never bothered checking. <laughs> <Woo. laughs> I wonder what else, I mean, I sometimes just dig through the files and find these things. It's like, oh, hey, you never know what you're going to find down there. That's very interesting. You never know, man. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm more amused by the fact that I'm looking at ocean and it's just a blank square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, whenever I, whenever I try to make the over for, for competitive and I'm like, oh, I need to put ocean in, I'm like, why don't I just draw a blue box and call it a day? <laughs> As you both are aware, and most of you viewers hopefully are, there are reward ships for uh, the ranked seasons. Uh, but one thing that the wiki doesn't mention is that at uh, seven wins, you get special super duper fancy camos for those two ships. Uh, the Flint gets a camo uh, Mustang, uh, is what it's called. It's very uh, red, white, black. It's got a basically a picture of a running horse on the side of the Flint. And it's got some incredible uh, economic bonuses. Uh, in addition, the uh, the black is where things start to get really fun, though. It's got a crocodile uh, camo on its side. Uh, lovely, big, toothy grin. Uh, and the economic bonuses for that camouflage are plus 150% to commander, free, and regular Jesus XP Christ. earned in battle. Whoa. In addition... In addition to the 20% uh, service cost reduction and the usual detectability and uh, dispersion bonuses. So it's, uh, it's, quite a, it's quite a strong ship, the Black, uh, as is with its radar, of course. And then they throw on a 150% bonus to all the XPs. That's, uh, 
that's a real treat. Interesting. I mean, it's not even in the camo section of the ship at all. I'm looking. Nope. I let's nope. camo only mentions nope. the uh, the standard one. The type ten. Uh, if you want Doom, I'll hook you up with pictures and such for it. But uh, it just it's it's very. It's some of I would say it's some of Wargaming's art department's best work, especially the Flint Camel, which is absolutely gorgeous. Shout out to the artists on this camel. Like this is absolutely gorgeous. I'd agree with you. I never really I heard about the camo. Um I, I never really looked that much into it. I seen a glimpse of its photo, but looking at this now, it is gorgeous. And with these bonuses it's just just a cherry on top i mean very very interesting it's i mean it's completely won me over so i like quads it's interesting but mm -hmm. uh a loops i didn't know it's interesting and it's very intriguing so that's my vote that's what do you, what, what do you think doom I'd have to, pro I'd have. To... Hmm. Well, it's the funny thing is when I was reading that ranked article, when I was reading that ranked article, it actually did show the uh, bonuses for those camouflages. Actually, it did show you what they gave you and whatnot, and what you had to do to get them. Um, but I, I will say though that I. Kind of like I did. I do have a little bit of a spot for the fact that that image for the map has existed for over a year and that it's been around for a long well maybe not the year but been around for quite a while so hmm it's a tough call yeah it's it is a tough call i mean i find that very interesting and the fact that there could be other things floating around there that we don't you know give it a second look, give it a second thought, and later on we're like, oh, wow, yeah, we actually looked at that. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with the... Uh... The wiki's the wiki's pretty comprehensive. Uh, it's got a lot of a lot of in the info. Uh, I don't think there's much that... Yeah, no, C-Raptor does a good job at writing that thing. There's some, there's some smaller details, like things that aren't obvious in the game client that don't make it to the wiki either, but Oh, we're working on some of that stuff like that. Yeah, I'm picking. I'm picking Quadrilus. All right. Hey. All right. <laughs> yes. So who's the who's the tiebreaker? Hey, there's no tiebreaker. Um, we used to have a third host, but we don't have a third host anymore. <laughs> we don't have a tiebreaker. Yeah. Quad and I will play rock paper scissors for it. Off, off <laughs> we'll just have to take your word for it. Both of you come back. We both, we won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think, you know, we, we've got, you know, there's a lot of things, obviously, we couldn't, we didn't cover. Um, there's a lot of things we could have covered. Uh, we tried our mm -hmm. best. If we, if we forgot some things, if we missaid some things, you know, it's nothing, nothing malicious, nothing intentional. Um, that try to be malicious, intentional. What are you talking about? <laughs> Please, if you if you still have if you have any info about the Cleveland original position, I was sure it was announced as a curate originally. But please, fact. Yeah, let's fact let's let's me. let's get the public involved in this. You know, was the Cleveland tier six or tier eight? If any, if there's any alpha testers who still remember that, or help <laughs> remind me, please. Anyways, guys. Um, thanks a lot for coming on the episode. We've covered so much information. Indeed. And I mean, there's so many other things that we haven't covered, too. So, it's, uh, uh and I mean, we're not the only content contributors who will cover this. So, every content contributor has, you know, covers it in their own way and stuff like that and covers ranked. And, uh, Anyways, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, and uh, yes, thanks for joining us, and thanks for uh, lending us your time. Thanks for having us. K
king of the seas make sure to watch it when it's on um i mean support you know a team support a streamer turn it on you know cheer on na you know something you know something like that um uh schedules are gonna be posted everywhere um good luck on ranked we'll talk about you same cruiser split later and uh, we will see you guys around have a great rest of your week and good luck with everything guys see ya This episode is dedicated to the memory of Decipher, a beloved community member and a fellow clanmate of Doomworld.